Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Qazwini Brothers podcast. My name is Sayyid Muhammad Rada, and joined with me today is my dear elder brother, Sayyid Muhammad Jawad Qazwini. The term fake news has been made popular fairly recently, although fake news has always been around. Same with propaganda and brainwashing techniques that are incorporated into the news media. Since it's so easy to disguise them these days, especially on social media platforms and uh, cyber information, we want you to know everything when it comes to uh, fake news and for you to all be up to date on that. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين Respected brothers and sisters, viewers, friends السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته And welcome back to another episode of uh, the Qazwini Brothers show uh, where we will be discussing a very important topic fake news. And I believe that um, we encounter this topic on daily basis, um, in fact several times a day. Therefore, uh, we need to be completely aware on this matter. Um, you know, whether it's reading uh, an article, whether it's reading a newspaper, um, a magazine, or watching the news on your television screens, um, or um, the forwards that you get on social media, those are all um, somewhat considered news. Um, and uh, then we have to ask ourselves which ones of those are truth and which ones of those are false and how do we involve ourselves with them. Um, where is the Islamic point of view when it comes to fake news? That is something that we're going to also try to focus on today. So I look forward to, uh, inshallah, a healthy discussion. Yeah, so we're going to be going over five main points today. First, we're going to talk about what fake news is. We'll define it. Uh, then we're going to talk about brainwashing, so propaganda and those kind of techniques. We'll talk about social media, which is really important, especially nowadays. Then we'll talk about the Islamic perspectives on fake news, and we'll talk about the importance of Muslim youth in journalism. So when we hear the term fake news, we obviously associate that as a political term, you know. Um, but what is fake news really? And I know fake news has always been around, but the term might just be made, you know, fairly recently, but propaganda and brainwashing always been around. Yeah, um, so fake news or, or brainwashing or false information, uh, basically, or changing the truth, uh, for whatever reason, we're not discussing the reasons right now, has always existed since probably the inception of life on earth. Uh, since human beings existed and coexisted amongst themselves. There were, there were always people who were defaming others, who were creating fake news, spreading fake news, mm -hmm. and they realized this uh, sense within people that they are attracted to this kind of um, phenomenon. Um, for example, today studies indicate that, uh, you know, certain negative news... Mm -hmm news that uh, actually um, is not healthy for society is uh, the news that generates um, a lot of engagement. Um, so I read this article about this, um, this weather reporter who uh, was a good-looking blonde lady oh. and um, she had competitors for that job, for that specific uh, job that she was, she was uh, working on. And um, she basically wakes up one day and she's bombarded with hate, uh, uh, hate messages, with, you know, tweets, with emails, even death threats. So she's very surprised. She doesn't know what's going on. And what happens is then she realizes that she's tagged into in a video where uh, there is this blonde girl that looks very much like her. Um, in a salon, and she disrespects an African-American 
a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and she's very rude to her. So they've taken this video and they've said, oh, it's so-and-so that's doing this. And obviously people see her as a public figure and, and that video is very disrespectful to the people of color. Mm -hmm. So the, the video goes viral um, and, um, and then she's accused of this. And uh, basically she goes through a phase of uh, being uh, accused for a very long time until she starts proving herself innocent. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, what had happened was uh, there was a lot of engagement with that news and other news agencies were picking it up and, and, mm -hmm. and some famous people were retweeting it and some verified individuals were behind it. Why? Because it creates momentum, it creates engagement. Right. And news agencies, that's exactly how they work. You know, they might put out uh, uh, an article or, or news that destroys lives, that's not good for society, that's not healthy for society, but they all they care about is what's getting us more comment, what's getting us more engagement. So from the beginning of life, I would say, uh, this phenomenon has existed. People feed off that which uh, engages people, that which entertains people. Uh, I, I, you know, I was listening to uh, somebody speak on the matter and they said something very beautiful. They said every time they put out the Kardashians in any sort of news or tabloids or newspaper on the internet, you find the greatest amount of engagement, but a lot of them are negative. A lot of people are like, you know what, get rid of those guys. We don't want them on our feed. What are they doing here? The news agency or that um, internet platform doesn't really care what the comments are. Right. It cares that there's a lot of engagement and this is going viral. <clears throat> so the same thing applies to the way human beings think. And some people picked up on that uh, very early, you know, since the inception of life, I would say. That is why you find that Allah and the Holy Quran actually focuses on this phenomenon a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, many of us have read the Quran, you know, in the month of Ramadan, it's, you know, 25th, 25 days within our recitation. We could be, you know, in the 25th juz, almost done with the Quran, but we don't really pick up on those uh, very delicate ideas. And you find that within the Holy Quran, Allah speaks of this phenomenon. You know, Ibrahim and how he had to encounter fake news and how he was accused. Um, similarly goes, for example, for the Prophet Nuh. Mm -hmm. You know, why is it that for all those years, Nuh was propagating and nobody was believing in him? It's because of all the fake news, all the propaganda that went against him. Similarly, Moses, similarly, Jesus and the Prophet Muhammad The Prophet Muhammad suffered a lot from the fact that there were a lot of people spreading rumors about him. Uh, there were a lot of people accusing him. There were a lot of people defaming him and spreading fake news about him. And um, until today, and, and then later on after him, Imam Ali, you know, when Imam Ali was struck by the sword, Right. of Ibn Muljam in prayers uh, after the uh, you know the news had reached Sham people of Sham had said oh we didn't know that Ali prays wow. so there was so much propaganda fake news spread about Imam Ali and Sham that people were surprised that he even prays imagine the first Muslim the one who basically because of him the religion of Islam was prosperous okay. uh, the, the most important man next to Rasulullah, now they're accusing him of the fact that, you know, we didn't even know he, he used to pray. So uh, fake news has always existed and exists until today. You know, we, we watch it every day on the, uh, you know, on the news. We read articles, especially with social media. And we Muslims, uh, we understand this more than others maybe, or other minorities such as the African Americans, such as the Hispanics, you know. Uh, Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, African-Americans, Muslim-Americans. Why? Because uh, we find a lot of fake news being spread about us. You know, the whole Islamophobia was made and manufactured by the media and by fake news. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a very important topic. It needs, uh, needs to be discussed and we need to understand it. Yeah. There's a lot of components to fake news. The most specific one, obviously, brainwashing or propaganda. And we see this, 
usually leading up to a war or something big, you know, there's a lot of propaganda that is used to brainwash people and get them on board on, on an idea that they probably wouldn't be normally. So uh, when it comes to brainwashing, propaganda, um, things of that nature, how can we differentiate it or what is it all about? So brainwashing is actually something that's studied, thoroughly studied by scholars of human behavior. And uh, brainwashing is two types of brainwashing. One is a brainwashing that, uh, you know, it's called the negative and the positive. Uh, the positive, though it can be negative, um, is the type that you know you're being brainwashed. You know that you're being affected. You know that your mindset is changing, but you're okay with it. The other one is the type that you don't know. You're getting brainwashed in a way where you, you don't realize that mm -hmm. you're changing, your habits are changing, your belief is changing. And with modern technology today, um, especially with AI, uh, both of them are very much possible, especially the second one. Right. You know, when we discussed AI, I said there, there could be a time where you're actually going to marry someone mm -hmm. and live with that person not knowing that you know you you were directed in this direction or you're going to have a, a specific belief system right you're going to believe in certain things you're going to do certain things willingly happily but you know you're driven to do that um obviously using modern technology we are we are we are subject of this type of slavery right um, and it really is a form of slavery we will become slaves to big companies that you know, will force us to buy certain things, to act in certain ways, to behave in certain ways, you know, to look forward to that, um, you know, that, that weekend where we're going to spend all our savings. Right. Or to look forward to, you know, buying things on the weekend and making them, you know, trillionaires while we go broke and we, we end up buying a lot of things that we don't even need. Or the, the, the fact that, you know, this, uh, for example, I'll tell you, how people could be brainwashed easily. I mean, brainwashing is different levels, but you know, you sit and you watch a commercial on TV, right? And you find this commercial, do they use, you know, they use the best roads, the cleanest roads, mm -hmm. they use it in the time of the spring where there's so much flower, there's so much beauty, and then they get this most good looking person behind the wheel. Uh, you know, all this put together will brainwash you that this car is going to make you feel uh, special. Right. And uh, it's going to give you so much confidence. But at the end of the day, it's just a normal car. Mm -hmm. They have put that in a specific scenario where it brainwashes us to believe that this is how it's going to, to, to be for us as well, you know? Right. Um, similarly, for example, we are brainwashed to believe a lot of things and act in a lot of ways that, um, that happen to us every single day. Now, there's two types of brainwashing, like I said, and brainwashing can happen due to many factors. You know, it can happen through fear, people that are scared. I remember, um, they asked, they went around asking people in America, uh, why was the war on Iraq and Afghanistan very important? Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't believe it. Um, I don't know if this was Jay Leno or, or or some kind of show that went around asking people. And, and a lot of people are actually saying, because if we don't get Saddam, he's going to come and invade us. Right. That tells you those guys are beyond brainwashed because uh -huh. there is no way on earth that Saddam would have gotten his troops to the United States. Uh, he had no ability to do that. He had no power to do that. And and even if you know if he would if he wanted to, how's he going to get there from Iraq to the United States? Yeah. So people were brainwashed to an extent out of fear. People were afraid. Oh, if we don't vote for this president, then some other president's going to come who is going to let Saddam invade us. Uh, similarly, it goes for a lot of things that the media tells us about. For example, what happened in 9-11 and what happens after 9-11 and the whole world, or the whole mm. war on terrorism. For example, we all know that the majority of the money, majority of the hijackers, majority of the association, directly and indirectly, 
in the 9-11 attack became, came from Saudi Arabia. Right. That's, that's a known fact. Everybody knows this. That's yeah. not something anybody can deny. But today, one of the greatest allies of the United States is also Saudi Arabia. Right. We know that um, you know, Saudi Arabia is the creator of Wahhabism. Uh-huh. And they the same you know the same mentality and movement and mindset and school of thought that ISIS has, Taliban has, Al Qaeda has. But in the same time, uh, we are going on this global war on terrorism while still keeping Saudi Arabia as our biggest ally or the greatest ally. Right. Those contradictions are changed within the media, and then people are brainwashed to believe that you know somehow this is okay. Um, and others are also brainwashed using, you know, what I just said, uh, using um, the American, you know, hatred towards America, hatred towards, for example, uh, countries such as France or Germany or, or the United Kingdom, but specifically America, to create and brainwash terrorism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ISIS, what does ISIS do? ISIS brainwashes people. Right. Those guys that joined ISIS, if you read if you read about them or watch their documentaries, you will see that there was this extremely powerful method they used to brainwash people. And they were very successful at it. In fact that's a, that's the only thing they did very well. That was that got them so much success, brainwashing people. You know, whether it's through images, whether it's through films, whether it's through speeches, whether it's through the internet, but that's how they were recruiting people, through brainwashing them. Similarly, Al-Qaeda did the same thing in Iraq. You know, there he's, here's a young guy who does not have the ability to seek education, upper education. He does not have a job. He does not have electricity most of the time at home. He doesn't have clean water to drink. His government is very corrupt. And he's got, you know, five, six people he needs to take care of. And he finds that there's absolutely no hope in life. How is he going to continue this life? Um, So, you know, when somebody comes and offers this guy $10,000 to go detonate a bomb and tell him that soon enough, all this misery is going to end. You're going to end up with a prophet. You're going to end up, you know, you can't get married now, but you're going to end up with 70 virgins in paradise. This guy, he's going to get brainwashed. And mosques are doing this, so it's a place where people trust, and he's going to do it. Um, That is why I think the greatest form of countering brainwashing and countering uh, fake news is through education, through educating people. Um, Though studies indicate that educated people can also be brainwashed, but a lot differently. Right. you know, educated people can be brainwashed through, for example, seduction. Um, you know, they could be seduced into believing, oh, you're going to get a million dollars. Oh, you're going to uh, be, you know, a, a billionaire. You're going to... That is how they are also brainwashed and driven to do certain things that they wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. the You know, propaganda, when it was in like newspapers or magazines, it would only reach a certain audience. For example, if a magazine was printed in Germany and it was a uh, Nazi propaganda magazine, it would only reach people in Nazi Germany. But now that we have social media, propaganda is able to reach an audience on a massive scale, you know? If there's these bots, so this was exposed within the last election, there's these certain firms that specialize in creating robots that retweet and post and share certain things on social media. Um, And in that case, you know, 5 million retweets all of a sudden, you know, within one hour, that reaches the whole entire world in one tweet. So how can we abstain from being brainwashed or, you know, seeing fake news and and maybe believing it when it comes to social media? Yeah, you know, I I feel that we... We keep accusing media, but we don't understand we are part of media as well. Right. We are the greatest component of social media. You know, uh, this happens to everybody, literally, where you're getting... Uh, somebody's being defamed. Somebody, somebody's life is being shattered. Mm-hmm. Somebody's being dragged around and bullied on social media. 
and we somehow like this post, we retweet this post, we spread this post, or we talk about this post, whatever it may be, this is generating fake news. Right. This is being involved in fake news. Or we get so much fake news on WhatsApp, you know, WhatsApp forwards, especially those who literally have nothing else to do. They're sitting at home all day looking at WhatsApp and sending you forwards. Right. And you find that, you know, at least 5% out of f 5 times out of 10, you're going to get fake news from them because they're just sending whatever they get. They're just forwarding it to everybody. And here are a lot of people who will send that because they think, oh, uh, those people are so naive. Why would they send this to me? So they send it to another group of people to make fun of them. Or some people believe it and forward it. Some people, uh, you know, want to forward it to others to ask whether this is true or not. But in the end of the day, it's engagement. Mm -hmm. We're getting involved in it. And we are part of the news now. We are part of fake news now. We are the creators, manufacturers, uh, the, uh, the aid to spreading fake news, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with YouTube, with Instagram, um, videos, you know, verify. Is this the person that, you know, pictures, um, Photoshop, mm -hmm. uh, is, this the per is this the person that, uh, that you think it is? Right. Is this picture verified? And then ask yourself, what you know, what is your motive behind it? What is your motive behind doing this? Is it is it a motive that you can answer in the day in the day of judgment to Allah that oh I did this and uh, it's okay? Because right. Allah might actually forgive the sins that we commit between us and Him. You know, whether it's salah or siyam or drinking or whatever, but the other sins where we've destroyed somebody's life, Allah says you have to go and ask them. If they forgive you, I'll forgive you. And on the day of judgment, things are not going to be as easy as they are today where you can text someone or call someone and ask for forgiveness from them. No. On that day, everybody's going to be desperately thinking of themselves. So, uh, you know, if you wreck somebody's home or you aid that, you know, that's all happening uh, with social media. You know, I... I read about this activist um, a while back I read about this guy um, who was involved in some political movement <coughs> bless you thank you and um, basically his the, those who he opposed they did something that does not require a lot of time or help and literally destroyed his life what did they do he was a professor so they kept sending letters, just made up letters, mm -hmm. to his house, to his wife, saying that, oh, your, your husband has had affairs with uh, young uh, Student. college students. Right. And uh, that's it, you know, as simple as that. You know, there's no evidence, there's no proof, but it destroyed his marriage, it destroyed his life, it, it wrecked his home. You know, he they then later on they you know when when the FBI got involved and it was becoming death threats, because at a lot of times you know when you when you basically let the authorities know or even for example Twitter you say you know what this is uh, this is somebody doing this spreading hate um, or or accusation they'll tell you oh this doesn't go against our guidelines, um, so uh, you know they realized that you know this person was sending pictures but they were all photoshopped. And, you know, this person's wife, his wife who knew him for many years, his wife of 30 years, wow. fell for it. She didn't, you know, she didn't think twice, she didn't verify the information, but she fell for it. And she destroyed her life and her husband's life. Mm -hmm. And the vision that this man had, a vision, a very strong vision, a powerful vision that he worked hard for. But, you know, with a little bit of fake news, it was all demolished. Um, so, you know, we can be involved in fake news on daily basis, especially through WhatsApp. Um, so please be careful. Please understand that, you know, uh, not everything you get, you should even engage with, you should read, you should forward, you should like and comment on. Yeah, I know with Aid coming up, you know, we always get fake news of who saw the moon or the crescent being spotted. You know, it's always the same person in Saudi Arabia every single year that's been seeing the moon for the past 300 years, right? And 
Sometimes you go on moonsighting.com and it's scientifically impossible to see the moon, you know, in that region. But miraculously, some people do see it. So maybe we should ask, um, what, is, what is the Islamic perspective on fake news? Like when someone comes to you and tells you something, do I just trust him right away or the news or what do I, what's my homework I need to do? Yeah, so basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hujurat, chapter 49, very, very beautiful chapter, a chapter that, you know, will never get old as much as you read it, uh, talks about a lot of social issues, um, a lot of social illnesses uh, that could be cured through the Qur'an. Uh, verse number 6, he says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا uh, Allah says basically that once you get all believers, once you get any news, verify it. Once you get a piece of news from a wicked person, someone who's not just, someone who's not noble, someone who's not truthful, then investigate. Why? And تصيبوا قوما بجهاله فتصبحوا على ما فعلتم نادمين. Because you might accuse a certain person, a certain community, a certain uh, family of something that they have not done and then you will be regretful and you know you we all become so regretful when we accuse people of not doing something you know we think they did it we think that those guys hate us we think those guys have an agenda against us and and then we realize no that's not the case we feel regretful um, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us this so you know, who who's spreading this? And, and sometimes we see people who are reliable retweeting or talking about it. So we think that they they are the creators of this. But no, it's it's those guys who fell for, for whoever was making this news, whoever whoever was creating it. And then there and then there's a lot of engagement. We also have um, an entire discipline within the the religion of Islam, specifically the Shi'i Madhab. Mm -hmm. Though other schools have it as well, but in the Shi'i Madhab, it's something that is heavily influenced, uh, heavily emphasized on, and that is Almur uh, Rajal. Almur Rajal, what it is, it's basically a way for scholars to verify hadiths that they get. Because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you can't just read a hadith and say Imam al Sadiq said this, Imam al Baqir said this, Imam al Kalam said this you may falsely be attributing this to the imam. So if the imam didn't say it, and you said he said it, right? you know, nobody would like that. Nobody would like that. Specifically if you're attributing it to a, a faith leader, such as an imam, such as a prophet. Um, so we have to verify that. Before we say Imam al-Sadiq said this, Imam al-Baqir said this, we have to make sure, did they really say this or not? That is why we have Almur Rajal. Almur Rajal verifies every person who is in the chain of narrators. Is this person truthful? Is this person a fabricator? Is this person a liar? Is this person somebody who is forgetful? And then they even verify, you know, because some people were, were creating hadith, for example. They were saying, oh, we saw Rasulullah do this in Mecca. Right. But they weren't even Muslim at that time. They had not even met Rasulullah at that time. But they were doing this in another country to another set of people, you know, 20 years after Rasulullah, and they didn't know. So basically they do what's called the verification of the tabaqat. Tabaqat is when you actually see this guy's date of birth and when he died, and see whether he could have been a companion of Imam al-Baqar or not. Or he was born, for example, in the time of uh, Imam al-Jawad. Things like that happen all the time. And that is why we have, you know, Alim al-Rajal to verify all the information before it is stated. That is why, you know, when we get a lot of those du'as or weird hadiths on our phone, we should ask ourselves, is this a made-up, fabricated hadith attributed to the Maqsumin or is this real? That is why then comes the discipline of verification of books, verification of scholars. They say, you know, those scholars would only narrate from those who were truthful, were those who were very valid in the way that they spoke and, and, and narrated from the Maqsumin. And others, no, they weren't so, you know, particular about that issue. 
So, uh, you know, or in this book he was, in this book he wasn't. So you have to verify books, you have to verify scholars, you have to verify narrators in many different ways, and that is the science of Ilm al-Rajal. Yeah. This all leads to us knowing that it's very important for us to have our own news outlets, for our own media outlets, especially encouraging the youth to get involved in journalism and media. You know, people that watch CNN and Fox News, they live on completely different planets. And I'm not saying either one of those channels are good because I think both of them spread misinformation mm -hmm. in their own way. Definitely. Um, so we need outlets that cater, cater to our uh, social worldview, you know. And we should encourage all of our youth to get involved in journalism. Um, can you talk a little bit about the importance about, you know, Muslim youth and journalism? Yeah, of course, you know, um, for example, we, 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 let me use this person as an example to, to, uh, to, to better elaborate on this point. Uh, Brother Mahdi Hassan, you know, right. he's a successful journalist. A lot of people are now influenced by him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would like to ask the, the younger brothers and sisters or their parents to try to put them on this road to success, right. to become successful journalists and to have an impact on media. Uh, basically, and from Brother uh, Mahdi Hassan to uh, help in whatever possible way that he can to uh, aid you know, young Muslim journalists, uh, teach them, mentor them, make time for them because that would be his greatest of investment. Um, you know, we sit there and we complain so much about Islamophobes, uh, Islamophobia, people who are spreading misinformation about Islam. And when it comes to the Shi'i madhab, the followers of Ahl al-Bayt, you know, uh, imagine people until today, they believe that you have, uh, with the Shia, they have oh. a different Quran. Right. Uh, until today, people feel that, you know, some people believe that we believe that the Prophet should have been Imam Ali, but Jibra'il went to the Prophet Muhammad uh, by mistake. Right. Uh, that's why we hate Jibra'il. Uh, uh, some people believe that um, you know we we worship the imams or we you know all this information misinformation it hurts us right, right. it hurts us and um, you know we are constantly accused you disrespect the sahaba you disrespect the wives of rasulullah you do this you do this all this misinformation while if we go to those who are accusing us we find that all those things are within their books right um, you know, all those things that are being stated are within their books. Not only that, but there's disrespect to Rasulullah. Mm -hmm. There is disrespect to Allah. Wow. <laughs> literally, literally, God is being disrespected in some of those hadith. But, you know, it's all about the propaganda and the brainwashing and, and misinformation, false information about the fake news. Mm -hmm. So we sit there and we complain so much. But brothers and sisters, what have we done? You know, and that is why I feel it's very important that our youth start engaging with the media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, when it comes to areas where you need to uh, stand up for the madhab of Ahl al-Bayt, then you must do so. When you need to stand up for the religion of Islam, you must do so. When you need to stand up for uh, the, the Holy Quran, you need to do so. And you need to do that while you're skilled, while you're capable, while you're, while you're aware and while you can be a... A competitor to those guys that are spending all this uh, fake news about you, you know, and that is why you know you find that Mahdi Hassan is able to do that because he's gone to a powerful platform. Mm -hmm. Now he has a following; people are listening to him, and he has his own influence. But um, others need to make sure that they're working towards that goal to even become better than him, to even become more powerful than him. Right. Um, you know, we have a clip on this Instagram account that is uh, me asking people to join me in studying the Quran. Um, or, or uh, you know, the, the, the quick look into the glorious book. It's, uh, it's like a form of advertising for that series. Mm. Because, uh, you know, I said, uh, I even said uh, in one of those shows, I think, that, you know, I did whatever I can in my ability to take the, the Quran into people's homes and let them study and understand it. 
and and you know just go and read the comments on that post right people calling me mushrik calling us different quran the shia i don't want to take my quran from a mushrik follow the my, sunnah my quran is your quran right that's the quran did you even take five minutes to listen to one of those episodes and see whether we are saying something so unusual right uh, you know so it's all this fake news that has poisoned the Muslim community so much mm -hmm. that I feel uh, we're in a very bad situation you know um, I had somebody email me saying um, you know we had like uh, about 10 exchange of emails where he was saying you know uh, very very hurtful things in the beginning obviously I wasn't hurt because I knew he was you know he was brainwashed about how we have a different agenda to spread a different religion to and I said you know what wait a minute try to prove that to me from my words from what I have said it's all on that page and slowly he started running out of everything you know he he started using other people from the Shi'i Madhab and I said you know what if I if you want to do this I'll just show you a video of ISIS you know mm -hmm. beheading somebody playing football with somebody's head after beheading that person's head are you going to be responsible for that you can't be responsible for them. So I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for the scholars I emulate. I say, those guys are my exemplary figures. Now, if you have a problem with that, come and, you know, let's discuss it. But if, if, if you're going to uh, run away from this discussion because you just want to have, uh, you know, the accusations thrown at me, we have to stop. And I realized that after, you know, uh, the last conversation we had, he was apologizing. He was you know, praying for me and saying, you know, thank you for putting, uh, making time. The reason why I made time, to be honest with you, is I felt obligated because this person was so brainwashed and I'm sure he was sitting there brainwashing other people that you needed to calm him down. And then now, that those type of people actually go out and say, you know what, I had this encounter. And the Shia are Shia. Yeah, they're not Sunni. Sunnis are not Shia. But they're Muslim. And they have right. the same Quran. We have a certain... Uh, you know, we have we have reasons why we're Shia and you have reasons why we're Sunni, but there is there's no need for us to keep on fighting and accusing each other, especially when it comes to the Quran, because the Quran is the book that uh, unites us. Right. Yeah, that that reminds me of a story. You know, um, this past year when I was in Hajj, my our cousins and I uh, we were harassed by a few. Um, those people that are called mutawa'in, they're basically like the religious police within yeah. the haram yeah. in Medina. So uh, we were reading a ziyara, ziyarat amin Allah, and um, one of those gentlemen came up to us and started harassing us. And there was a, a person in our Hajj group that was, uh, he was speaking English, he, he was from America, you know, it was an American group. Mm -hmm. So he thought this guy was a convert, and he said, you know, you shouldn't be with these Shia. They think Imam Ali, they think Ali ibn Abi Talib is the son of God. They they worship him, They whatever. So he was like, no, we don't do that. Yeah. So he wanted to arrest him and, you know, it, it, it got very blown out of proportion. Yeah. Eventually the guy lost his job and he came back to our hotel apologizing and saying, hey, look, uh, I'm sorry I harassed you, but I lost my job. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it was crazy. The things he was saying were so um, illusionistic that, yeah. you know, they had no basis in reality whatsoever. And yeah. we were giving him certain um, proofs and, and hadiths in their books, um, you know, exposing certain things. But at the end of the day, some people are so far into their own mindset and brainwashed uh, that I don't think there's a way out of it. Um, I think we covered everything today. Uh, I don't really know if we had any specific questions within the comment section. Maybe yeah, there was a, there was a, an important question, and okay. that is uh, pertaining, uh, you know, whether it is halal to work in the media sector, right? And whether it's halal to work for Muslim media, for example. So Muslim media, non-Muslim media. You see, because of the fact that I travel a lot between Iran and the United States, I live between those two countries, mm -hmm. and obviously those two countries can't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's so much hate being spread from both sides, right. um, uh, and propaganda, 
driven by politics, right? Definitely. And here the people are confused, you know, the, the, the authorities, they know exactly what's going on, you know. Um, but the, the people get confused. So I remember, you know, when I go to Iran, for example, and you turn on the television, and, you know, for example, now, now a lot of people are asking me from Iran, oh, can you buy bread? Can you uh, buy your food essentials? Can, are, you, are you being able to survive? And I'm like, yeah, we're fine. And they're like, oh, they're showing in, in the, you know, on the TV that all the Americans are buying guns and rifles and attacking each other and, you know, acting like cowboys and wow. there's no food in the supermarkets. And, and I was like, no, man, there's plenty of food. In fact, people are overeating now. They're gaining yeah. weight. They're becoming obese. Uh, same thing goes for the United States and how it treats America, how it treats Iran, obviously, with spreading all this misinformation uh, yeah. driven by politics, you know. I remember, for example, when the outbreak happened, um, you know, America was making it seem like everybody in Iran is going to be annihilated, they're going to die because of COVID within the next two weeks. Right. And people were so panicking. But now, you know, uh, things have switched around. America's yeah. suffering from it. Um, so basically what I was trying to say is when there's political motives, the truth is changed. Mm -hmm. um, now, when the truth is changed, there is a problem. Sometimes you find that Muslim news agencies or most Muslim media will change the truth. Right. And you will say why and they'll say because this has a, a greater reason. You know, there's a greater reason behind it. And, and sometimes you, feel, you see that non-Muslim news agencies mm -hmm. will do the same thing. So if can you work, for example, for a news agency or media that one of its most important pillars is to defame and destroy the religion of Islam. Can you work for them? Definitely. No. Can you work for a, a news agency that their main concern is, for example, to change the truth in regards to many of uh, the, the, for example, democratic principles, such as, you know, uh, immigration. You know, they're anti-immigrants, they're anti-minorities, they're anti-African-Americans, they're anti-Hispanics, they're anti-Mexicans, they're anti-everything, you know. Can you work for them? No, that's, that's not possible. You're, you'll be a sellout, you know, and, right. and you, you will be responsible on the Day of Judgment. God will ask you um, and, and for giving failure to, 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 to be part of, uh, you know, failing so many people. In the same time, can you be part of, you know, uh, a news agency that's spreading false information uh, whatsoever? No. So what is the solution? If you get into media, if you get into journalism, and you can change something, mm -hmm. then yeah, you may work with all those guys that we just mentioned. If you feel that there's hope in changing right. and bringing positive change. But if you're just there because you need a job or you need to get paid, that is not, you know, that you can find somewhere else. You can work somewhere else. Um, the other thing is the fact that we need Muslim media. Right. We need Islamic media. But by Islamic, what do I mean? I mean fair. I mean mm -hmm. honest. I mean transparent. I mean, uh, you know, a media that enhances the reputation of Islam and Muslims, but in the same time is fair. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be spreading misinformation, you know. It's not going to be spreading. Uh, showing, for example, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Uh, while Muslims have an issue with some Jews, mm -hmm. but Muslims should not have an issue with all Jewish people or the Jewish faith. Right. There are very kind Jewish people. There are, uh, you know, they could be your your good friends. Uh, they're not out there to get you. Uh, so, you know, you know, if you have a, a, an Islamic or Muslim, what's a, you know, quote-unquote, Islamic or Muslim media that is making all Jewish people look bad, that's wrong. Right. Similarly, if you're a Jew and you're making all Muslims look bad, that's also wrong. So that's why I mean fairness. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, media has to be fair. And, uh, and media has to, Basically, strive at this time to spread peace mm -hmm. on this earth, not to spread violence and uh, hatred. 
um, you know, it's, um, is there any questions in the live broadcast by any chance? So, I mean, there is, but I think, you know, like, we uh, we've, we, no, I think, uh, you know, like we've said before, I would like to ask, or you may ask, or yeah. we can both ask people to uh, leave their questions in the comment section. Uh, that way we don't have to go um, into uh, the, 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 the comment section. But there I found one, and that is asking about the process of verific verifying news. Right. Um, so do you do you want to talk about that or yeah i mean for me personally i don't get my news from one single source yeah. i look up a few different sources you know if i see a, a an article about you know someone going to the moon with uh with a honda civic or something you know i see it on one news outlet i'm probably going to google that see if it was covered by four or five different agencies with different worldviews different backgrounds if it was on one, then, you know, that's shady, right? Um, just like anything, I try to stay away from that. I definitely hate when people forward me stuff on WhatsApp. You know, whenever something is forwarded to me on WhatsApp, that's the biggest form of propaganda, and I just dislike it so much. I try to abstain from going on social media, as you know, um, because I don't see that I can use it um, productively and to my advantage, not saying social media is bad, you know, we're doing this and spreading good positive feedback on social media, but for me, I just don't really uh, like social media that much, but I'd suggest that, you know, if you want to find some news, go on four or five different platforms, you know, find maybe a German outlet, an American outlet, um, an outlet in another country and compare all of them on one article, you know, and then there's ways to basically just go on Wikipedia and type CNN, see who owns it, see, uh, you know, if maybe they're on the New York Stock Exchange, maybe they're doing all this, that way their stocks can rise, you know, um, there's always these factors within news outlets and uh, you could even, you know, authors that write articles, you could Google their name and learn about them as well, learn about their background, um, see their worldview, their biases. Um, Definitely, yeah. So I think just with anything else, try to get, get your news from multiple outlets. Um, don't be so quick to believe something or share something right away. A lot of people also do this, you know, they see a headline and before they read the full article, they yeah. send it to someone and they're like, how crazy is this? Yeah. It's like you just read the out, uh, the headline, just read the whole, whole article. Yeah. Um, so those yeah, are also just... with, with people, like if you get fake news about people. Right, know? right. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, this is very unfortunate, but in the beginning of the month of Ramadan or before the month of Ramadan at the outbreak of COVID, there is a lot of people spreading... Uh, fake news about COVID, about Imam Ali saying this, about this, that, you know, hadiths talking about, you know, a coronavirus. Mm. And, you know, I, I did a little clip about that. You know, so I I wonder, you know, was this somebody who wanted to make Imam Ali look good? So he mm -hmm. wrote this speech and attributed it to Imam Ali uh, so that, you know, he would say, oh, Imam Ali foresaw the future. Right. Or was this some sort of entity or some sort of person who wanted to see how gullible the Shia community is? Right. And he created something and it went around and around. And I actually, what baffled me the most is I saw some scholars, so-called scholars. Yeah, that's sad. Reading this and saying, look, Imam Habibi, you're a scholar. Mm -hmm. Before you read this, did you see which book this came from? Right. Uh, you know, who is the author of that book? Who compiled this hadith? What is in the chain of narrators? No. They're just sitting there and they're, they're reading this hadith as if it's something, you know, valid and it came from Imam Ali and they're saying, SubhanAllah, look at Imam So sometimes, you know, we have to be very careful. Don't get excited too quickly. Yeah. Uh, because this can damage Imam Ali. 
Right. You know, now people are going to say, oh, all the things he said in Hajj al-Balagha is the same thing. So right. it's going to discredit the Masuni. Uh, same same thing goes for personalities now. You know, you find that there is a lot of stories praising scholars, certain scholars. Right. And you know, I I travel around, so a lot of people were, you know, a lot of youth, especially, ask me, "Oh, is it true that this scholar is this? Like, you know, he has supernatural powers? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, true that this scholar, for example, can travel? You know, uh, time travel, time travel, uh, and the the likes of such questions and wow. stories and and when you say no, yeah, they feel like you're either a disrespecting the scholar or b you you don't know like yeah. oh he, this guy is probably doesn't know the other alim who came, yeah. he knows the guy that sat them down you know in the middle of the night and he was telling them all those weird stories right they somehow now think that that guy knows mm -hmm. but Jawad Kazwini who tells them this is not true no alim was traveling you know. Uh, teleporting teleporting himself right. or stuff like that now uh, he doesn't know mm -hmm. I'm not denying that nor I'm saying it exists but I'm saying if I have that power and I'm so close to Allah I'm not going to be sitting there announcing to everybody that I was in Karbala last night mm -hmm. at 1am and then I snapped my finger at 2pm I was in Qom I yeah. snapped my finger I was in Mecca and then I came back, and now I'm telling yeah. everybody this. That would be a good mileage program. You know? <laughs> so, rack up a lot of miles. So, so, you know, you have to be careful on what you hear, who you hear it from, get it verified, you yeah. know, see any hidden agendas. Uh, our time's up, but, you know, um, this alim, for example, this particular alim, right. I'll say this, and with this we conclude. This particular alim, he doesn't say those things, by the way. Those maraja, they don't say those things. They don't get involved. They're sitting at their house. But I work for this marja, or I want him to become the most popular. That's It's like the, the Ronaldo Messi type of... Uh, PR. Uh, so, uh, rivalry. Right. So, you know, I want, I'm team Messi. This guy is team Ronaldo. And, yeah. you know, I have to keep on proving to my opponent that my guy is better. Yeah. My team is going to win. And some people are doing that with maraja, unfortunately. Right. So this guy makes up a story that, you know, this alim went and such and such thing happened in Jam Quran. This guy is like, what's this guy saying, Jam Quran? I'll make it Najaf. The other one is making it Karbala. The other one is making it Baghdad. And then you realize that, no, this became part of, of, of you know, a lot of discussions where supernatural events are taking place and it becomes part of the belief system and that is dangerous. Right. Um... So anyhow, we'll stop. We'll stop here. There's a lot to be said. Um, I will. We'll try to keep it short. And uh, I guess we will uh, meet uh, our audience not tomorrow, but the day after. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate your guys's uh, feedback, your guys's positivity. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting us. I'd appreciate it if you guys share this with everyone. Um, you know, let us know how we're doing, what we could do to improve, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, from me, assalamu alaikum, and please keep us in your du'a. Brothers and sisters, keep us in your du'a, and inshallah, until next time, I leave you with the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.